Hi everyone, welcome back to TBI. Carl here. Julian here. Hi. Hi. Um, episode one two two. Hope you enjoyed episode one two one, which was a bit of a you know, bit of an offbeat one with us in a car just chatting on a drive. Nice, wasn't um, it? It was nice. It was. Not, I think it was an insight for people into like what comedians talk about on a drive home. Yeah. Obviously, you know, sometimes it's just about other comedians, but <laughs> we kept a, we kept a lid on that. But anyway, this episode is very fun. We are joined by podcast favorite, good friend John Hastings, all the way from LA, and um, we chat about loads of stuff: weed, bikes, he- the the US healthcare sex. system, sex. Yeah, it's a lot. We cover a Bike lot of crashes. Yeah, it's um yeah, it's a good. It's got a lot of it's got a variety to it. But other than that, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll let you listen to it. Thanks to our patrons. Where can people sign up? That would be patreon.com slash we are TVI. Perfect. They're doing that. that. Mean. You know what I mean? Um, right. Thanks everyone. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to TVI. We've, we're joined this week for episode 122. That is 122 hours of dog shit. You've listened yeah. to <laughs> All in your luggos, dirty. Yeah. If you've if you listen to every episode, uh, can I recommend you just wash your head out with soap? Um, <laughs> in your ear rolls. <laughs> well, we've got all the way from LA, John Hastings. Oh, hello everyone. Hello, it's so nice to be doing back on the podcast I did pre-pandemic, right before the pandemic. Yeah, I was what on this um, very program? When was it? What? When? When? We when did, did the you... vault. We did the oh, Vaults Festival at the, ah. in the middle of February 2020. And I remember Shit. Carl said to me, he said, there's one thing I can guarantee you for this year, John, and that is you won't be locked in your apartment for most of the year <laughs> and then get a divorce. And I said, Carl, I think you're right. And man, I'm going to say it. There was egg on both of our faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, do you know what? I know when to hold my hands up. <laughs> so I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I've always been a, a been a, a able might to be live. wrong about that. I am what? speaking. Well, you got a divorce, John? Did you? I certainly did. I okay. uh, I got a, a divorce in November. A classic thirteen months of marriage. Gave it a little try. That is me um, and the wife went not for us. I got to tell you that is because I my marriage was short. The relationship was long, but the marriage chunk really um really sped up the end. Yeah. And, when's your uh, one going to end, Cole? Uh, <laughs> this one I'm I'll hoping just, does continue. I'm just yeah. reading the tweets. Sorry, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, what uh, I was about to say was um, how I forgot what, that the dyna- the dynamic of this podcast is you and I have a chat and Julian just roast battles us. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> basically, me and you have a conduct a sort of quite jovial interview. And Julian, <laughs> nice catch up, and I ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only podcast that has this dynamic. One person yeah. attempting to be a sort of professional interviewer, <laughs> and the other one just trying to get the whole Rags thing cancelled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ba- it's basically like both kinds of podcasts you get in British comedy: just one guy just being a nice man, and the other one just saying rude words and then screaming about free speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's Julian. He doesn't scream about Freedom. free speech. I'm, I'm like Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah um, here's a thing about divorce i just got um i won't say any brand names but i got mm. approached uh by um someone about a pr thing <laughs> Uh, to buy a company that sort of specializes in um, amicable divorces Aww. and they basically I think they're doing some online campaigns and they were looking for people to get involved in the advertising sort of side of it uh, that a have some social media presence and b have been through a divorce but um, what is the because you were married in Canada correct what's the Canadian divorce process like I can tell you. Well, luckily, it's a mutual and very sort of respectful divorce, so we're not getting any lawyers or anything like that. Like yeah, we've, I mean, that's, that's the good. dream. Oh, it's wonderful. And basically, what wow. we have to do is wait a year. So it's Quebec. So we got married in Quebec, which has its own system, and its system is specifically designed to be as godless as possible. It's all just yeah, admin yeah. because they really hate the Catholic Church there because they were oppressed by them for so long. So you have to, you and your wife have to decide on a day and then just wait a year from that day and yeah. then go fill out some forms and give them to a judge and yes. then you're you're out babe mm. it's it's pretty i have to tell you you know all of the it's mostly because i just feel like i our divorce is going well because we're both good people and neither one of us cheated or did anything crazy but yeah, thus yeah. far divorce not what i was told it was going to be yeah well that's partly i think because uk divorce is not as forward thinking as uh quebec because what is the well because we had we, uh, so, as yet we legally don't have such a thing as a mutual divorce in the uk there's no such thing as a uh somebody has to take uh the blame there's no such thing as like no fault divorce. oh they've been discussing changing it for about five or ten years but nothing's been done so there is this, you know, even if you have the most amicable divorce on earth, I don't, I don't, there are loopholes, actually. One of the loopholes is you wait two years, of sep you separate, and then two years later you can go, right, we've just been separated for two years. Um, but apart from that, it is, even if you both just like, look, we tried, we don't, we're not so, getting on, let's yeah. call it quits. One of you has to just be like, oh, I was a prick, even if you're not, even if you're both the nicest people on earth. Essentially, if you want it done in the... Flip a coin for it, eh? Who take... Yeah, basically. Who's taking the rap? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's... so is that what one of you had to do? For me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I took, the, I, took the, I took the heat. I mean, it was. I, I, were, nice I, you know, I was going to say. I'd argue the heat was mine. <laughs> sort listen, of I'm, on I'm paper, not, I'm not saying. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying there wasn't heat and from what did both you say, sides. What did you say you were like then? You couldn't say I was a prick. <laughs> well, you don't say what you're like. You just have to basically. You, you, you have to very legal. No, I mean we had solicitors doing it all. Here's my question. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Julian, you have like 47 children with various yeah. ladies. Are you telling me? Well, that you... marriage one. I, I just don't like. <laughs> I just don't like commitment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like do, long-term commitment. I mean, yeah, just you just like a nice eighteen years of obligation, and then you yeah, just yeah. hand hand your children a watch, shake their hand, and then just yeah, slam yeah. the door in their face. I wish it was just eighteen years. It goes past that, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> I, still, I still lend money off my mum. Not really, but like um, my parents were never married. They were together, right. like until I was 15 they split up but they were never I never really had a marriage in my in me in my head really I yeah, don't know yeah, yeah. I didn't really want the attention and I don't know I just don't fancy having a big wedding day about me really oh, see that's the best bit of that that's yeah, the best that bit of the... every marriage it's the wedding yeah. day I... wedding days are quality man 
I will say this. Listen, my marriage lasted 13 months. The wedding was an absolute corker. Like Your it was, was a top draw, mate. It was, oh. as I've said a thousand times, it was socks and pants, mate. Top draw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucking socks, pants, hate little, socks little and pants. Dildo. I don't like that at all. And little dildo. <laughs> that was, um, I'll tell you, I won't, I won't name the person, but that, because it, it's not a comedian, actually. It's a friend of a comedian, but a friend of a comedian was staying with us uh, during the Edinburgh Fringe about five years ago. Uh, I think in Hill Square, which was, for listeners, that was me, John Hastings, Jimmy McGee's flat in Edinburgh mm-hmm. every year. And uh, also your wife, which we always, like, we always forget that Hannah was there every year as well. Your wife I was mean, there every she was there, but come on, it was our flat, mate. <laughs> it was a bachelor pet. Uh, true. <laughs> she but, wasn't involved in the bar making one night when we got too drunk. No. Uh, she, I mean, to be honest, Hannah was very good at stocking the bar. She, like, yeah, she's, she was. She's, as a gin connoisseur, she's very good at picking mixers and uh, mm. garnishes. She's an absolute yeah. garnish wizard. But um, one of, uh, I think... Was it the first year we ever stayed in Hill Square? Then it wasn't um, me then that I wasn't was, you. That was... It was Chris yeah. Martin, one mm-hmm. of Chris Martin's uh, old friends who I, I really like came to, to stay with us. And we ended up going out for me and him just ended up going out for some beers a few times when Chris yeah. was busy. And we went to see a show. Uh, oh, no, I was doing a show. But basically <laughs> there was a and this is basically there was a there was a lady who wasn't a comedian. She was sort of comedy adjacent. Let's say that mm. she was involved in the show. And she's um she's very pretty. She's lovely. Uh, basically, after the show, the, he, this Chris's mate, walks up to me and went, "Mate, I need to tell you one thing about that uh, that girl who was on the show. She is socks and pants like that." And I went, "What?" He went, "Top draw." <laughs> really? And he said it in such a way that it sort of just stayed in my brain as such a sort of funny socks and pants, socks and oh. pants. Such a posh guy description of anything, isn't it? The polite it's- phrase. Yeah. It is something I miss so much about living in uh, the British Isles is just the level and amount of slang mm. is... It is next level. It is so much better. It's as, as we have discussed this, it, we have, this is what the UK is known for. Uh, at a certain point in every evening, everyone is just having a bit of sex. <laughs> Two, slang is so much better in the UK than anywhere else all of it makes up for your lack of flavorful foods outside of the yeah, vegan yeah. Well, I mean, we do have to we uh, we have to import all the all the good food, but yeah, you know, I do think we just love a bit of oh, you know, just a lovely little you know rhyming slang. Everything, everything just is. It's all very um, what's the word? Euphemistic, isn't it? Yes. It is poetic mm. as well. There's something gentle about it because underneath a lot of it, you know, some of it. But like hides gross stuff. Oh, like even boy. like saying socks and pants about a woman is arguably <laughs> quite gross. insane. Yeah. yeah, but it was it it took it was such a gentle, funny way of saying it. It took the edge off the fact that he was basically just going. Ooh, oh, fuck you. Right. Uh, oh no, but it's also just really fun dropping that slang when you're not in the UK. Like, just because I, I uh, live in LA, and you're just calling someone a plonker or a plum yeah, is an yeah, yeah. absolute treat because they don't know how to react they're just like what an insult they just don't know what they have no idea what that means or what what way to take it speaking yeah i love calling people plums plums lemon (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh 
comedian Paul McCaffrey once called someone an onion, and I oh, I liked that a lot. <laughs> McCaffrey His last show was lemon, actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCaffrey is, I think, genuinely like a Champions League uh, insulter because he he very rarely goes for the harsh. Like if, if somebody's heckling mm-hmm. or being annoying in a gig. You know, he can be. You know, you chat to Paul off stage when he's a bit annoyed about something. He's he swears and he's like yeah. angry about it. But on stage, he nine times out of ten keeps his cool. Um, I mean, I've seen him not keep his he's cool. So nice, a joy to behold. But normally, like I've seen people being absolute dickheads in the audience and try and chip in with Paul, and he's just been like, "Oh, mate, you are an absolute wazzock." And I'm like, "Yes, mate." <laughs> That is to, to pick Wazuk when you're angry is like the, the level of self control is un, unparalleled. I once saw him tell a heckler like, "I don't know why you think we're friends, but we're not," and it was just so <laughs> mean. Statement, and, yeah, just like, ouch! Why would you do? He, that's not the way to do that. Also, um, Paul, that's more harsh than just like, "Shut up, you fucking idiot!" Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Also, and I don't care if he cares about saying this because I was part of it, is uh, that watching Paul McCaffrey in Los Angeles drunk. We were very drunk at the Rainbow Room, and then we crossed the street because he wanted to go inside the Viper Room where River Phoenix died. Yeah. And when they told us we needed to show ID and he realized he had left his ID in the hotel, I've never seen a man more on the brink of just doing a massacre. Oh, really? But, but he was so sad, but then we just comforted him. Me and my ex-wife took him back to the Rainbow. We had more whiskeys and cokes and then yeah. all threw up in the street i love it I, I mean you know i've had a many a night out with paul and uh he's got he's i love it he, there's a moment where he goes his eyes go from happy drunk to i'm gonna do something really naughty in a minute and you're <laughs> gonna probably have to pick up the pieces yeah. <laughs> i love it there's, i've got a few, i've got a mate one of my oldest friends i've known since i was three years old is that person but his his tipping point is so far earlier than paul's paul's tipping point is where most most people would have died six hours before <laughs> yeah. paul's still just like absolutely happy as larry <coughs> my mate um daniel who i grew up with he's got like a you know, especially he's got kids and like he works hard, and he's just his his t- like tolerance for alcohol is has, it went out the window in our twenties essentially, and he just got this point where he has about he gets to about five pints, and you can see his eyes change, and you're like, oh god, the amount of times I've seen people around us just so threatened, <laughs> I'm just like, but I once saw uh, it was my thirtieth birthday, we were in a bar in Ballum, and he just kept going over to this table. And just break dancing in front of him for no reason. <laughs> and he just was—he knew he was annoying him. He could see it. Especially if they don't want it. They don't want any. They didn't want anything to do with us. There was no, it wasn't—it wasn't a dancing worm. bar. It was just a drink, like a cocktail bar. You know, there's music playing, but it wasn't loud enough to break dance to. He just kept going over, over to them, doing this break dance and stuff. And you could see. I could have been that guy, to be honest, in my twenties. Definitely, he was just like he got so. Cheeky and naughty, and he's being—he loves he, that thing of when you're that sort of person and that drunk, you just want to annoy people. Yeah, got to yeah. a point when they—they they started offering him money to stop doing it. So now runs a small business doing that. He then mm. dropped his trousers at um, one point and flashed Roisin Connolly, but that's a different story. <laughs> McCaffrey isn't on it anymore, though. He's had a no, post- he's off. McCaffrey yeah. is currently um, doing great. He's a new father. He's, he's taking a break from booze, which is what you need to do. Them early months of having a baby, man, you yeah, cannot you can't be, be on the source. Over with the baby, 
No, not at all. It's horrific. I've only had Did one. You? That's why I moved out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, did you have like one night where you just got absolutely accidentally father battered? No, I'm not. Uh, the only one, the most probably pissed I've been, I've been really self-controlled, you know. Mm-hmm. But I've had, I mean, what I've what I have had, which is very good, was a daytime pissed. So you know, keep a lid on it just enough that you can like you know, Twyla goes to sleep and I'm pissed. But I've stopped. I've stopped by like 10 p.m. And mm-hmm. I sleep, and by the time I wake up at six thirty, whatever, I'm all right. So then, them days have been great. When you drink, you you can you just stop and think that's enough? Yeah. Well, nowadays I can. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I was to. about to say. Yeah, I was about to be like, I I've heard that Carl's <laughs> been able to do that. I've never <laughs> witnessed it. But yeah, no, now I can. But yeah, some I, I, people are just like, oh, I've had enough. Like even then, leave a bit in their drink, and I'm just no, like, I, don't. I haven't drunk in years, but even now I'm like. Just fucking neck it. What are you oh. doing? Will you full up? How can yeah. you be Here's full the... up? <laughs> Get some cocaine out and fucking. Here's the it. thing. So uh, earlier this summer, I went to a wedding, and it's the first wedding I've ever been to in probably ten years that wasn't a comedian's wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was such a stark. Like I was like. Why aren't people on ecstasy? Why isn't people having face paint? Why isn't like no one on the dance floor? Everyone's in the at the bar. No one's down a K-hole on the aisle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like or literally doing drugs no in the bathroom. Just rutting one of the mother-in-laws in the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Why isn't anyone doing the old Sunny Corleone? What the hell? And it was like, <laughs> oh, these are just adults that have families and jobs, oh, so they're gonna have like people. Yeah, people yeah, so weird. Yeah, I mean your <laughs> wedding. You know, the point where I, I found myself buying mushrooms off a, off a man with, like, n- countless tattoos. I mean, my uh, favorite moment ever was and making... And he had a neck tattoo, didn't he? The guy I bought he mushrooms also, he also, had, he also had a skull tattooed on his head. And oh, I made was, you... Yeah, that was... Um, and I made you guys guess who had the mushrooms at the wedding. Because... And it was... It took yes. you no guesses. Is it that yeah. fucking pirate at the bar? <laughs> yeah, is it the... Is it the guy wearing a matching di- mushroom sign? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he a was- mushroom tattooed above his mushroom eye. <laughs> Listen, he didn't have a sign. He-, he was just wearing a dashiki that matched his brother's shirt. And yeah, so my one of my favorite wedding memories was having to escort a homeless person off the dance floor, and then Carl running downstairs, going, "Mate, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen." There was two. You had two um, sort of unwelcome. People join the join the wedding. It was just because the doors so were open. The room. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do explain. So we the got married to the street. Yeah, it's just we got a, married was... in the red light district of Montreal, across the street from a operating and working brothel. So I there were a lot a of homeless drug addicts wandering around, and they just pop in. Like right before the ceremony, I almost got into a fight with one because he was like, "I just want to buy a beer," and I was like, "It's not a bar. It's, it's a, a wedding. It's a wedding, right?" <laughs> And a he kept being like, a homeless brothel, did you say? No, working well, brothel. No, working oh, brothel, homeless no. people outside <laughs> of the brothel. Like, oh. I've heard of one of these ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's this yeah. kink that I've acquired? You've never nutted while just laying on cardboard, Julian? Uh, well, you, my friend, have I mean, never lived. I would, if anyone yeah. I know has done that, that is Julian. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, Julian, what's the strangest place you've had sex? Not like, like just In strange, could have been. 
What was wrong with the bed? Weird, man. <laughs> but the bed, the bed was at a showroom of an IKEA. That's why it was so strange. Um, yeah, what is that? It's quite an interesting. I mean, it's probably some people might feel awkward saying strange yeah. places they've had sex, but um, I've I've never been a public sex person. I've only ever done it a couple of times, and they were both quite weird locations. But you know, where where were they? Um, I you know I've got some I, Google Maps. <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, the, I mean, you know, this. I, I, I have had sex in the toilets of the Tate Modern. That's probably the most. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I knew um, that. Yeah, that was uh, that was weird. I did you know. toilets of Stamford Bridge. <laughs> Half time, <laughs> just you and another Chelsea nutcase. <laughs> um, it's um, yeah, it's you know, I'm I'm not a fan of it personally i think it's all a bit there's too much things in the back of your head like what if a, what if somebody comes in like i'd some people get off on that i just think i just want a safe yeah environment get off on like that no no nah. the idea the idea of it is much better than the actual execution yeah Definitely. like I, you end up just standing with one hand against a door yeah <laughs> like, exactly like it's always just like i remember once i was with a lady and she was I, something was up and she wanted to do the deed on the lawn of a of a church and i was like absolutely oh, i've done not. it in a graveyard before <laughs> oh my god oh my god very brief like it was, it was people walking and we had to yeah, yeah. yeah. There's too many ghosts wait, wait. around mate. yeah exactly. hang no, on no really. <laughs> yeah i by the way go up. To... sorry i had to oh, that's just on. the punchline sorry no julia we got i did you have sex in a graveyard i did do that yeah was she alive um she was no, yeah. <laughs> Daytime or nighttime? Um, it was the sun. Yeah, it was dark. <laughs> well, the service finished about five. <laughs> yeah, it was, was a it funeral? The, <laughs> was it the graveyard that was like in your local? Christening, no. <laughs> you got so emotionally. Oh, in, a, I, let's in, make a, in a bin room on a council estate once when I was um a teenager. Ugh. Oh, the they're the ones. That, they're the grossest ones. I mean, parks uh, like a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not but, like done it loads of times, like in crazy places, though. No, just uh-huh. those seventeen. <laughs> John, what, bin... have you, what was the one? What was the all? So yours? I we we negotiated down to a spot of grass, uh, like on the other side of the sidewalk from the church. So now on public property, right, yeah, not yeah, technically yeah. the church. That's where we ended up doing it. I um now to settle a competition I masturbated in a botanical garden oh. in minus 45 degree weather while five friends watched to prove that I did it that oh one doesn't, god well they watched doesn't... you and you did you complete certainly did Julie and I'm a, I'm a man who wins I'm a winner well I don't know if that's true <laughs> what <laughs> I don't know, uh... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not convinced I have a question Carl who's on your mug uh, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> talking of winners. Yeah, why um, Why do you have a Putin mug? Hannah bought me that in Moscow when she was there two years ago. Oh, lovely. Um, as a little fun novelty gift so that I often were, forget they, I'm drinking out of. When you were wanking, yeah. were, they, were they looking at you? Were you had eye contact with them? No, they're not eye contact. I was, they, were behind, they were behind me. I was 14 at the time. Oh, I've told this story a lot on podcasts yeah. recently. Here's what happened, basically was uh, one friend took a big poo in a park and that set off a- So hard. 
<laughs> yeah, I just couldn't fucking control myself. And yeah, me hard just talking about it. No, Certainly. Really. Yeah, that was my penis hitting table. Uh, and then it set off a chain reaction of a competition between the group of friends over who could release more bodily fluids in oh, Publix. Oh, God. And then I fucking, I shut it down by going, all right, there's only one thing that can be done here. And that is someone's going to have to have a wank in the winter. Wow. Was this when you were quite big and chunky? No, I was like 14. So I was like a baby faced spry young boy. Because you often send me, and this isn't fat shaming, and it was like the base, you, some, you often send me photos of you when you were a chunky, t- like young Yes, man. the reason why I do that is because your wife, it brings her a level of she joy. Loves, she loves fat John so much, man. Honestly, so she m- finds m- pictures of you when you're at your biggest. So funny. She has um, them saved on her phone. So like many she- of them, mate. Like it's like a, she's got a folder on her phone of just oh. you being fat. <laughs> but like, it's, you know, it's what ages were you big? Uh, I was big from about 17 until 21, 22. Okay. So but, it's a but the other thing is I was, I was fat shamed and called fat my entire life because I was just super tall and gigantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 90s Canada really looked the other way when it came to bullying. Like, I oh, just man. look back... Oh, man, the night... Who was I... Ch- I gig recently... Oh, me and Jared Christmas were in Birmingham together and we were talking about 90s kids. Like, how just we experienced bullying at its peak. Yeah. You know, it, it was when bullying just really came to a head, man. And, like, the shit people got put through at school was brutal. Was, and it's also crazy because I have, I have, <laughs> I have an eighteen-year-old brother, and like bullying is outlawed at his school. Really? Like, I mean, it's frowned upon by yeah other kids. Whereas yeah, it's like this week a school. Basically, I remember school being self-preservation. Everyone was yeah. just trying to get like right. I'm gonna. Uh, it was like prison, isn't it? You'd, you'd you'd ally yourself with groups. Where I'm gonna go with these guys. Because they will beat the fuck out of everyone. Like, you know, you were just picking yeah. the group that you thought would get you through your time easiest. What's even weirder is my school, my like city, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, no one leaves. So I was going to school with the sons and daughters of the people that went to school with my mom oh, and her siblings. So you can't mash someone up. But back to the oh. future, innit? Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It certainly is. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was Biff. Yeah. There was... Uh, um, that guy wearing 3D glasses. Billy Zane went to my high school. The future future phantom um yeah it was insane and i just remember once i got uh, uh punched in the face four times by a older like kid like it was just no one and then i went to the principal and i remember i had a swollen face again yeah and the and the principal <laughs> was like at this school literally literally said i don't know why you're complaining i got kicked in the face once when i was a student and that principal later filed for sexual harassment so fuck you michael yeah fun time was it was it an old boys school no i'm from canada so we don't have that we don't have that madness we don't have (laughs) we we realized that maybe you should keep a seven-year-old with their parents unlike the english that are like seven he's old enough to read a newspaper let's give him to a pedophile and let him live in a castle <laughs> in the circuit yeah <laughs> yeah mate get him some fucking, open get, spots exactly right yeah get him some open spots some boarding school open spots which but you were you were quite uh, big dreadful. you were tall in school so you could handle yourself a bit or you were you were a target more because you were tall I was tall, but I was also raised by a single mom, so I didn't have a dad to be like, here's how you punch someone in the face. I had an yeah. academic mom who was just like, 
well, just tell them to stop it, and then later they'll have bad lives because they're shitheads, and you'll be fine. And I was my like, mum gave me some bad advice as well. Like, what did, you, just, what did your mum? I can't just like things like that, really. Just you know, just ignore them or like, <laughs> like yeah, oh, that'll work. Don't let them. Matter. Don't let it. Let them know it's bothering you. Like yeah, all right. So I just yeah. had to I, figure out my own way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I remember once I was four years old, I uh, punched a kid in the face who was being really mean to me, and then his dad threatened to fight me. And I remember being in the kitchen. He was like, "If you ever do that to my kid again, I'm going to do that to you." And I remember being four, being like that's a little extreme man like yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's worth it yeah. i mean i do think i don't know what how, i don't know what the processes are now with, with kids that get bullied but i think i will be a i'll be a th one of them that like, if somebody bullies twyla at school i will you know i will <laughs> lean into their ear and tell them things that will mean they will never do it again do you know what i mean <laughs> Mate, i'll be, I'll be yeah, on the first i'll be on the them. first flight over and i'm a foreign national so i can take i'll just show up with a knife not gonna take it out, yeah, but yeah. I'm letting that I'm letting that five year old oh, know. Go. Yeah, just hey, what's up? You just got. Yeah, you know, I don't think you threaten the kid. Teachers are on it nowadays, though. Ren had um, like someone squeezed her wrist the other day, and they and they rang the parents. Like it wasn't even sort of that bad compared yeah, to when yeah, I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you you definitely do want to kill the kid who did it. Yeah. Yeah, but the the teachers it is quite yeah. It feels they're on it, you know what I mean, which was good. Yeah, yeah totally. It makes you feel like more comfortable. Yeah, because you don't want it to get to the point when you are literally uh, threatening someone. I disagree. Swinging. I I occasionally enjoy a nice bit of the old threatening someone's life. I find it incredibly. <laughs> you do cathartic. regularly tell me about an argument you get into in sort of <laughs> public transport. Death threats in someone's ear. Just I love. I get into a lot I, of travel arguments. John. I get into a lot of customer service ding dongs yes. because I I expect a certain level, and I'm just not willing to let standards fall. So you know what? Sometimes how have you just, not? How have you lived in the UK though for a ch bigger chunk of time as you did, and not let your standards slip? Because like we've got terrible customer services here. How do you not just go? Oh fuck it! I'll just if you can't beat them, join them. I'm just gonna just accept the shit. I, I did I did that for the time I was living in the UK and then what happened was it's it sort of like it calcified and metastasized my need for standards so I've moved here to America which loves a bit of the old customer service yes yeah, it's also I've had a weird year of like I've had to be on unemployment and that like that brings out the murder in it like yeah, you, yeah, you'd be yeah. on hold for six hours and then someone's like we can resolve your issue I just need to pop you on hold for one second yeah, pop you on yeah. hold line goes dead you're gonna you're gonna like dealing with any dealing with any government um department is just so annoying because then people like you know they just have to deal with so much shit all day mm. I, had, I had i had one today i i had i had such a passive aggressive discussion with somebody at social services about getting an assessment for my parents mm. um i got basically because you know my mum's dementia has deteriorated a bit since i was being in australia mm. my dad's sort of he's yeah he's he, he's just still a bit you know it, he's not very mobile anymore so like i'd called up about a month ago three weeks ago and they were like we've got to have a phone conversation with your parents first like essentially it's to get a, to get an assessment to see if they they social services could provide some aid be it you know um physical or you know i don't know psychological they've you know there's loads of different things they can do so they did a phone consultation with my dad who just lied and said everything was fine. So I had to call back and basically say, look, I know this happened, but this isn't actually the case. You know, me and my aunt are currently doing quite a lot 
because mm. they're, they've reached a point where their situation is tricky. And I've spoken to two different people at social services. They've both been lovely. And today I called up just to try and go, right, is it possible I can actually push this forward and get some of this go in and give a, have a physical assessment? And I, sp- I spoke to this woman and I'd held for ages. And straight off the bat, I went highlight. Yeah, I've been speaking to a few people about this. I just want to see if I can just, you know, get the ball rolling a bit quicker and actually get a physical assessment. And she went, um, she went, what? she was like, okay, well, what, what's wrong with your parents? And I was like, and even the tone, I was like, okay. I went, well, my mum's got dementia and my dad's got a lung condition and he's 82 and he's just lost his ability to really, you know, he can't really go out anymore. Do you know what I mean? His, his walking is too frail. And she went, okay. And what's happening at the minute? I said, well, you know, I'm doing bits for them. My aunt is doing a lot. And she went, okay. And she went, well, why do you need social services to help? Like that, in oh. that tone. And I went, sorry? And she went, what, what do you think social services are going to do? I went, well, social services, uh, I believe, are there to services. offer support and provide services when possible for people that, you know, can't do it for themselves. And she's like, well, yeah, but what, like, why, if you're saying you and your aunt are doing it, why can't you do it? And I said, are you, I said, because I've got a fucking one-year-old and my aunt's yeah. elderly. So like, I'm, I, I'm calling up to get your advice to see what can be done. And she went, like well why what, what what do you think we can do and i said i said your social services mate that's yeah, your, it's literally in the name and when i sort service. of just said that yeah there was this moment where I, it was almost like she clicked and realized she was being a fucking wanker and she totally changed her tone and just suddenly became very Not nice good enough though is it though it's like no it was i mean i was it, i didn't swear at her but i reckon if she had said one more passive aggressive thing that would have been a you are i i would have gone for the whole you need, you need to pass me over to someone else because i think you are the fucking worst person I, i've ever uh, spoken to i declared a war this is not as dire as carl's situation because it does involve a person with dementia and a <laughs> lungless man <laughs> uh but uh earlier in the year julia i don't know if you know this but i broke my shoulder and elbow i my handlebars on my bicycle snapped in the middle of traffic Ooh. and i and I got to know what it's like to have bone death. Anyway, in the midst of that, I'd ordered a bookshelf because I'd never really like moved into my apartment because I was possibly moving. There was a whole bunch of stuff. So it was like, let's settle. Let's like nest in my apartment. Ooh, trams here. And I ordered a bookshelf and I said, hey, you're going to need to send someone to build it because I've broken my body. I'll pay for it. And so I pay for all of it. And the bookshelf just arrived four weeks late so we arrived four weeks late and throughout all of that like one of the times i called up because they literally i got a notice that said it is delivered and i had this is the passive aggressive one that led it to being the easiest situation which was i was on the phone with a guy for an hour because he said i just talked to the driver and he said he spoke to you and he put the um he uh he put the shelf in your house and i was like oh he put it in my house and he was like yeah and i was like Oh, did he mention the steep stairs? And he was like, he did actually. And I was like, I live in an apartment, you fucking asshole. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, oh, and then he like tried to accuse me of like running a sting operation. And something I learned from someone, my ex-wife who worked in um, customer service and that sort of stuff over the phone is keep your tone very nice and don't swear. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. say- They can cut the call if you swear, can't yeah, they? Exactly. But you I can also that. say, you also can say, this is not directed at you. I want this recorded for people listening for training coming back. And then you can go off. So then I started <laughs> praying 
that QAnon followers found the Wayfair offices and took down their horrible CEO. <laughs> like I went on for like five minutes and he was like, what do you want me to do with this? And I was like, I would like you to pass me over to your supervisor. And then I got passed over to a supervisor. Anyway, three days later, I got called by the head of customer service at Wayfair and was like, what is going on with, because it literally was like, I have a broken body. Where is my shelf? Then the shelf got delivered and the delivery guy just left it in front of my door like i opened yeah, my door yeah. and there was a shelf like there was a new door like a wall <laughs> i know what you wanted it uh. no it wasn't julian many oh. people want the shelf in front of the door i did not want it there okay. finally get that then the delivery guy leaves the guy who comes to build it comes and he comes in middle of covid no mask just comes in, like i was like i got him a mask before he came into my uh apartment and then all he did was take everything out of the box and just spread it around the floor. <laughs> and then he stood up and he was like, that's all the time I've got. And then he just left. <laughs> oh, it's my lunch break. <laughs> yeah. And then I called back my contact and she's like, what are you talking about? And then she's like, hang on, call that company. And she's like, that guy has been fired now. My only concern with that was like, well, he knows who fired him. Oh, He's God. still in my apartment building. <laughs> with a screwdriver. <laughs> with a screwdriver. And he knows that I'm vulnerable. Uh, and then finally they send another guy, still no mask, with a wizard beard. He was wearing a, it was a wizard beard. And he came in in like budgie smuggler short shorts and like an oh. undershirt with a tool belt. He looked like a very little male stripper. And he built that shelf in 15 minutes. Yes. And then he fucked I, you. And then he <laughs> fucked me, Julian. And, I, and then I sucked him and he sucked me in front of the shelf. And then we I both- I want to get one of them shelves. <laughs> <laughs> and then we both nutted in a garden. Oh, <laughs> I love talking about sex things around Carl because he gets all prudish and upset. Hey, I'm, I'm just, I just, you know, I just think something should be kept in your brain. The shelves up now, the books are on it. It's all good. No books, books are on it. No books. No uh, books. Only magazines. Yeah, man, some I, comics. comics. Yeah. Are they comic books, John? There are no comic books on the bookshelf. It is okay. all. That is a hundred percent. There are graphic novels. Yes, <laughs> they're comics, mate. Come on, just go, don't try and lie and say uh, they're books. Of course they are. Fucking I completely... novels, as if they're novels. <laughs> they're about that thick. That's not a novel. <laughs> no, some of them are like that thick. What a what a comic. Big book. drawings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to get what the whole scene. What sort of comic books? Are they ones we would know, like the old, like no, in Lost up. Boys, Superman and Batman and. Remember like lost graphic, graphic novels, mate, where they're all different. They're all fucking oh. Japanese it, it, or something. Exactly, like mate. <laughs> yeah, they're not like Bino, no. No, Bino's in this one, but he's, it's very different. Bino, um, Bino has HIV. What's the best, what's your favorite graphic novel, John? I'm right now working my way through Saga, which is excellent. What's it about? It is, it is about, it's, I'm not going to explain it to you because you just mock me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Sounds like a, sounds like a great novel. <laughs> Carl and I are very good friends and we just, Carl cares as much about sports as I care about graphic novels. And we feel, we have, and we, we feel. We culturally this, have differences. And we just feel the same, and we feel the same way about those two <laughs> things that we both love. We feel yeah. that, like, we both feel that each other's interests could just fuck <laughs> off. And it's a very nice friendship cold war where it's I like yeah. I, 
I'm just like, yeah, I am totally fine with your opinion. You're totally fine with mine. And we exactly. both feel that each other is wrong. <laughs> yeah. If the rest of the world could be like us, I think we might have avoided Brexit. Exactly. You know what? It would be fine. Um, quick uh, side point. I'm, I'm talking of bikes, obviously. Have you ventured back onto a bike since you had your injury? No, I definitely have. you done have, with them now? I really want to. I definitely have a bit of PTSD, which makes me feel really shitty. Because I have a friend who was in the army and he has PTSD. And I yeah, feel but he might like... not have never fell off a bike. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know he might have had a really is. easy time in the army, you know what I mean? Yeah, Some yeah. people have quite a sweet tour. What's weird is he actually got he got PTSD from uh, over seasoning a tikka masala and it just it kind of ruined it ruined a lunch. Um, mostly because who serves tikka masala for lunch? It's so heavy. Um, I don't. I like a curry lunch actually. Really? I quite, I quite like. Um, sometimes I like a, a big lunch, little dinner. This is sort of mm. winding down the day. I here's my weird thing. It's very much a COVID thing, and then I will answer your question about bikes. Is that I like a nice big breakfast and then a, a little. A little graze throughout the day. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's good. I can do, I do like that. But um, um, bikes. But bikes. So I can't get on. I tried to get on one, and then I had a full flash relive of my accident. <laughs> and cried on a bike. And began to cry. And then I was like, oh, and here's shit. the thing. Maybe so, just go around to like a little quiet park, get get used to it a bit. Yeah, so where you can and cry in peace and no one will see you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so embarrassing, too, because it was on my street. They have like city bikes, and across from where the bikes are, uh, a bunch of Latin gentlemen just drink beers all day, nice. and they definitely saw me have a bit of a weep. Yeah. And like we were on a nod, how you doing, guys, talk about baseball for two minutes conversation. We are back down to not acknowledging <laughs> me. <laughs> um i which i which makes sense they saw a man get on a bike by the way i didn't i hadn't down. even credit carded i just sat to see if i could sit and then oh, i just shit. went no, no. Nah. um i took my bike in for a service my just my, mm. my 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 push bike right very smart um i because basically i'd left it in the back garden when i was in australia and it was around the side under cover but it's weathered to shit. And before I went, it, I thought I needed two new tires, might need a new chain anyway. So it's now got a bit fucked and like, because of, of the air temperature, leaving it out all the time, the gear cables are loose, everything's a bit shoddy on it. I took it in for a service. And it's a, you know, it's a bike. Oh. It, 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 I thought a service for a, a push bike would be 50 quid, maybe oh. an extra 50 on parts right and i was in my head i was like i'm willing to pay 100 pounds every new part needs replacing i need obviously i need two new inner tubes because one of them did pop the other week and i had to get it fixed by somebody at the gig while i was doing the gig it was like a crew member from the festival i was doing to f fix my puncture um it's a fiver a piece though isn't it inner tubes yeah. are 15 quid each for the, yeah. the anti-puncture ones Okay. They should all be anti-puncture. Who the fuck's I making puncture these puncture ones? <laughs> but they're fifteen quid each. It tires one. tires are thirty quid each, right? Um, so that's already ninety quid, isn't it? Right? The actual service fee is seventy pounds. Yeah, yeah. I need yeah. a new chain. I need a new. Uh, what's new the, is bike. it the cassette? The bit at the back where the chain goes onto one of them yeah. needs replacing. Every like basically, I said to him, "Give me a ballpark figure," and he's like, "It'll be about 200, 215 quid, I reckon." And in my head, I was like, "That is so much money, mate. For that a is a bike. that's a bike worth of money. Like that's I could just but buy. It, it's a shit bike. The thing is, it's I've got yeah. a decent, I've got a good hybrid bike that's really good for city riding. Uh, so you know, what I mean, it's like, if I wanted a bike of my one sort of if I wanted to replace it, it would be six hundred quid. So it yeah. works out worthwhile, but." 
it's also so this, enough money that it's it's sort of like fuck. That's too much money, man. You buy a decent my, bike for that, for like three hundred quid. You cannot. Not what? new. No. You, I mean, and you not, can you can get a passable bike, but a parts will be cheap and shit. It's also if you're driving. Listen, I like I love city biking. I will get back to it and get over my because it's just I think it's such a great way to get around and I love it. And the you thing is, the city like, I oh, thank you, mate. I will. And then I'm gonna bike over to your house and we're gonna have a hug. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> Is the problem with a city like London is you kind of need a bit more of an expensive bike because it's so many different types of pavement and terrain and well, that's the it. weather. London is London will beat the shit out of your bike. That's why if you get a 200, 300 quid bike, it will just fuck, fuck up here's, really quick. But here's the top tip is if you want good a good person to repair your bike, they're in every city. They're just a weird person to find is you want to find the guy that fixes all the bicycle delivery people. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Uh, yeah, and the couriers will know. Yeah, so how you find them is you ask a courier, which a friend of mine was a bike courier yeah. in Montreal and turned me on to this. So I found a place in Montreal called, or Toronto called Mike the Bike, and it was literally, his apartment was a cot and stacks of bike parts. And yeah, you just brought, yeah, yeah. you had to just call him and be like, are you, and he would be, he like had all these rules and you'd be like, are you in the office? No, and yeah, and you'd be and he'd be like, "Yep," and you bring your bike. I use my and fucking be, real name on the phone. <laughs> this is, he this is a dead man on the other end of. The he called me. I called him once at nine o'clock in the morning to get my bike, and he was like, "Who the fuck calls at nine a.m.?" <laughs> uh, Sorry. Like, yeah, did you have a problem with his customer service or? I certainly did, but I also felt like Mike is the kind of guy that has. Can a you record this not. call, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I found one in London, which is excellent, but not good for your purposes because it's quite far from you, yeah. which is, and unfortunately now is, I don't know the name of, you know, that big giant hill that goes up towards Finsbury. Park? I know, we, I know the bike shop you're talking about. Yeah, we went there. That, that fucking guy that is the old best. old madman who just fixes up. Yeah, he's great. Is stupendous. What is it? It's called, I think it's just oh, called Camden. It's called Camden That's, Cycles, I think. Is I the think it is. That guy. But it's just that an guy's... old guy who's run it forever, and he's really yeah. Get he's good. Motor and get a quote off him. I, I've already I've given it to the bike shop. Where, where did you take it? How, can you Halfords was no, it? No, I took it to a place called in Halston called Sparks, which I go to. I buy stuff off them. You know, whenever yeah, whenever they're good guys, I like them. But it's it's a bit pricey. I yeah, do yeah. feel so wanky, but I do love bike shops and looking at bikes. Like I just, it's such a weird absence in my life, and and it's so odd because it's also a thing where it's like I do need to stop. I've broken both yeah, of yeah. my elbows not on the same day like yeah, that's such yeah, a yeah, that's... Like, so so yeah. what happened the, the handlebars snapped did you say yeah so yeah the handlebars so i was going down a hill on western avenue here in los angeles there was a bus right behind me like i'm surrounded in traffic the bike snapped what i thought was don't veer and then i i'm just on the ground tangled in my bike oh. in some pain and a man from the sidewalk is like, you got to get up. And the reason why he's got to get up is the bus hasn't had time to stop because it's happened so quickly. And then he like stops and it's fine. And then I got driven to the hospital because ambulances in the U.S. are $1,200. So I was just like, yeah, well, I'll call a pal. That's yeah. Then, it was, yeah. Buh. Nanas. Yeah, I will tell you. I'll tell you That's guys, if you really... That's a tough call though. That thing of breaking your arm... 
and then having to go, I can't get an ambulance because it's book an ambulance on like an Uber app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the reason why of it is it's such a stupid system. Their system is so stupid. And once you're actually in it, it's that thing of like, it's you just see the wealth disparity in this country so well because it's just like, I just have enough money that I can pay $200 a month for insurance. Yeah, yeah. So I have 10 hospitals in a city that I can go to. They will do everything for me, like the highest level of care. Boom, there you go. But if you can't afford that for whatever reason, or you ha- like, you're just fucked. Yeah, yeah. And and my carrier, they the thing with the ambulances are a different company than the hospitals, and the ambulances will just take you to whatever hospital they think is closest. So you can right. just end up at a hospital that you're like, I can't, I don't, I oh, really? can't be here. Yeah. It's what happens so- though? What happens in emergency cases? Someone gets shot on the sidewalk. No, obviously, and. Uh, an ambulance will be dispatched, right? Yes. Police will call an ambulance. They get taken to a hospital. They've got no idea the insurance status of that person. What they do is, is if the person is conscious while they're shot, and this is absolutely insane, they ask them, do you have insurance? And if they're passed out, you have to keep your insurance card in your wallet because the EMTs rifle through your wallet to find... Um, your insurance card. Like, have you if ever you don't seen... have insurance? They're obviously then not. You... They, they, they have to have yeah. a. Truly, have taken the Hippocratic oath that they must work on you. you to save your life. They will. They will take you to the county hospital. Yeah. Which in Los Angeles, you literally. Doorstep. Yeah, they literally. They, you laugh. They you leave you. Wash their hands. They take you to county hospital, which is where all the medical students are. Right. And then it's just good luck, Chuck. Oh, shit, man. With the GCSEs. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Because the guy's add... doing dentistry suddenly fucking doing CPR <laughs> and crying. Because <laughs> the other thing is, is what it is, is that it's something called like foot through the door policy in California. So California, if you get in onto the physical property of the hospital... They have to help you. California is one of the few states that hasn't violated <laughs> the Hippocratic 17 blocks. Yeah. <laughs> so By your got... hand along the pavement. Yeah, like some of them have big gates. And like you look at hospital, like every other hospital in the world is like not set back from the road. Yeah. yeah. All the American hospitals have like big, a moat. long... And a yeah, course. And you, it's like the yeah, gladiators. You're... You've got like gladiators with big sticks trying to fight you off as you're running past them. Those are and dead it's... people like Mount yeah, Everest. Yeah. <laughs> Blade and laser from gladiators are just there. Bum, 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 bum. The gladiators of Kaiser Permanente. Gladiators Mandela. ready. <laughs> yeah. It's ready. <laughs> he's got a broken nose and he's out of network insurance. Get him. Um, and so, yeah, no, so people do end up and there's a bunch of scam ways to get out of paying. One of the big ones is you write up. I couldn't believe, but like three of my friends were like, oh, if you don't want to pay your like copay additional expenses, just write the hospital a letter of hardship. Uh, or it's also like in California, they can't charge interest on medical debt and they can't come after you for it. So like a shitload of people are like, oh, I just don't pay it. Like yeah. I just am, I just am 40,000. Like I would have been $90,000 in debt and my Ooh, move would have just 90 been- 90 grand. 90 Oy, grand. Yay, I mean- Falling off a bike, like that's a, that's a lot in it. Well, I did have to have pretty like, in fairness to them, like I they ha- I had to have a shitload of surgery, and they had to like there's metal screwed into this, there's metal screwed into that. Yeah, that yeah. metal's not free. Yeah, they gave yeah. me they gave me the greatest ice pack I've ever seen in my life. You fill it 
with cold water and ice cubes, and then it slowly filters past the injury Ooh. in the most pleasant. Oh, an absolute That's dream. Nice. Not worth seven grand, but an absolute. Do you have any morphine or anything? They gave me uh, 48 20 G's, mate. I, I want they some me, good morphine immediately. Mate, they gave me uh, non timed Oxycontins. They gave me like 80 of them. Let me tell you. Hello. Whew. Yes, a friend of this program and uh, soulmate of Carl Donnelly, uh, Chris Martin, watched me take the first Oxycontin I ever took. And I took it and then felt immediately amazing. And yeah. he said, Ooh, you like a bit of that, don't you? And I said, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Them, them prescription painkillers, man. I can see why America's got a problem with them because here they pre they go out pretty sparingly. Doctors don't yeah. rush them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The strongest Thanks they really me. rush out here is like you might get a codidromal or something, but tramadols are like the sort of that's the big one here. If yeah. you get that, you're like, I'm in for a fun two weeks. Uh, now here's they, 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 they yeah you ain't getting you're not going to be getting it for ages. You know what I mean? So before I got the oxycontin they gave me hydrocodone which is another very strong opioid yeah and that was the day of my accident i'm getting driven away friends of mine came to pick me up getting driven away and the pharmacist called me and was like we gave you too many pills can you come back and give You're me the breaking pills? Up. <laughs> yeah i weirdly was just like i was like fuck it i don't because i'm like either this guy did make a mistake and i'm fine helping out a guy with a mistake or he's stealing some pills because he is a drug addict yeah, and i yeah, yeah. Weirdly was like, who am I to stand in the way of that? So yes. I drove by in a sketchy, thin, sweaty man in a lab coat, like literally like, huh, uh, 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 thanks. And I was like, you're stealing those pills yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. totally okay it's with for it. His, his addiction. Yeah. Um, I mean, tramadols, I've had a tramadol in not a hospital setting and they are pretty close to. Yeah. Take two, have a couple of pints of carlsberg it's an absolute <laughs> afternoon man i mean someone i don't i don't want to i don't, I don't tell I, by the way i don't in, i'm not recommending that to anyone it's just that used to be my little afternoon treat <laughs> i was gonna say because there's someone i know that once during edinburgh went ooh, day off and then yeah I used, to, I, used to, I used to just pop tramadols <laughs> go around drinking beer and seeing shows it was my yeah. it was my mid mid festival break <laughs> I thought there was some uh, downside to tramadol. Isn't it like at night time you get a bit fucked up? Or? Uh, no, they, I mean, yeah, you, you, just, you get you a bit constipated. And there's little things. If you take it repeatedly, you get addicted to it really quick. So I, I literally would have one day of Edinburgh where I'd just have a little, you know, a nice afternoon, evening. Um, but yeah, no, if, yeah, if you take them a lot, I think they start get you get a bit fucked up on them. But, I remember mm -hmm. one of those days we walked up Arthur's seat and you couldn't stop fucking talking about how soft the grass was. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. What was even funnier Very is another, soft. Per another person we were with either forgot that you had taken Tramadol or but was not sure at the softness of the grass. Jimmy kept, yeah. I remember in that like clearing before you go to like the big park. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice bit. he laid in the grass. Oh, it's a lovely bit. And he felt the softness of the grass was not as soft as was attainable. So yeah. you lay on the grass and then a posh man just feeling grass around you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. I've never felt more middle class in my entire life. Um, I've just seen the time. We need to wrap up proceedings. Mm. Um, what you're coming back to the UK for a I'm coming back brief to the UK trip for um, Tour de France. What was for that what? for the Tour de France? <laughs> <laughs> Make any sense the first time? 
<laughs> you sort of right. cut out as you said it, and I didn't. Oh, yeah. I just heard the word France. Yeah, so did I. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going there, man. Um, uh, yeah, I'm coming over in November and December, uh, mostly to have coffee with Carl and Jimmy McGee in Soho. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, and maybe do some gigs, but uh, yes, no, I'll be all over the UK in November, December. I do a Twitch stream five nights a week called the Untitled Twitch Stream with Chris Betts and Ashley Manning. Go to twitch.tv backslash Untitled Twitch That's Stream to like see that. Five nights a week. It's it fucking it's insane, but it, it absolutely gave me like a nice structure when I was broken yeah, yeah, of like yeah. something to do, and it's become a nice little fun podcast thing that we are. Yeah, yeah that uh, the rest of you podcast and check me out on all social media at the John Hastings. Oh my god, the reason I'm here, I have an album coming out August thirty first on uh, all streaming. Please go check it out. It's my two thousand and eighteen. Ember show finally being released by 800 pound gorilla floats like a butterfly john is Hastings, it gonna like be on bee. spotify and places like that it's gonna be on all of those places that's a good easy here's my question carl and julian why have neither of you ever released comedy albums i don't know i've thought about it i thought about it a bunch of times and i've never just do you know what it is i'm never a fan of any recording of myself because within six months i'm gonna be like I'm, i don't like that material I'm a, I, I'm a very, I, li- I very much try and I, I very much live in the present, and I not I, I do genuinely have a slight uh, uncomfortable feeling about old bit about just looking at uh, just, uh, just cementing stuff in time and being like that was that album like that was that show. I did it now though, isn't it? You can do it sort of. You don't have to have a physical. Are you gonna have a physical album? No. No. no one does that anymore, do they? No. Some people do. Some people started selling yeah. vinyls and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I remember I was in Switzerland with comedian Brendan Burns, and he had more, he had two bags filled with vinyl and only one bag filled with clothes. And I got to tell you, that's very funny. That's on like, brand for Brendan. Do you know who loves vinyl recordings of a comedian? The Swiss. Um, <laughs> um, I like it just because it's it it's like it's done that material like I know like yeah it's it also, mine it's, underneath it. Yeah, I I get that. I think that is a good. I, mine is more. I, yeah, it's genuinely like it's weird because I'll do pod, you know, the amount of fucking podcasts I've done that are, they're yeah. online forever basically. But with stand up, I'm always like, oh, I don't want people to go back and watch the show I did in 2016. I just part of me is, has a. I'm like mm, I, I always think show. every time. I think about every two years, I think I wouldn't do any bit of material I did two years ago. Do you know what I mean? I, not, not that I don't do it, but I genuinely I wouldn't. I was like, I wouldn't do that. It was crap. Even at the time, I might have been having great gigs in clubs or whatever, doing really fun in Edinburgh. I just always look back really badly on anything I, that's older than two years. Completely. I just like that it's just out there and gone and sort of like it's there's a purpose to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And but I completely agree with you. I on stupid Twitch, someone said, "Let's watch one of your shows and like just comment." And I stupidly picked my 2014 Edinburgh show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I hate me. <laughs> I hate me. I hate every idea I've ever had. Yeah. I was just like, how? And I'm like, this did all right. I went to Australia because of this show, and now I, I doubt the it's, aplomb and yeah. intelligence of. The people in that room that's insane. that's what exactly how i feel about any old yeah. recordings of me you could do a well, best is... of or something though couldn't you but even yeah, but that, even like that it... best of that material was all going to be in yeah, within yeah, 18 yeah. months i'm going to be like fuck, oh, fuck man i hate that material like, I just you got some good I... bits yeah you have that bit about uh 
uh, uh, masturbating in a, a motorcycle gear and then that was a good along. routine. So that's, that's a good a routine, good... but I wouldn't do it now. It's like it's too no, dated. That's... It's old. It's the and old yeah, me. And it's, and it's also like you do. I I go through like vibes and styles a little bit, but you very much like boom, 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 boom. I know what show I wish you would have recorded. Actually, was your the one in the yurt? I can't remember what that was called. I do actually I... have a recording of that. Oh, by the way. I fucking weirdly, I love... there is also this. I do have recordings of of a few of my shows that. I, am, I could just release, release at some point. Just release that. Just release them because for no, for no other reason that people. That's a good idea. I'll put them on yeah, Patreon, like, mate. Let people those watch. I can live with that. Yeah, but, that on, but it's also if you put them on the streaming and stuff like that, it's a little bit of weird unknown money every I month, suppose, which is yes, which is re I love because I I always dedicate it to purchasing of either weed or candy depending on how much money it is, and I like the what are we going to find out it's going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, All right, I'll maybe I'll, I'll dig them out and I'll maybe I'll whack them on a whack them on as mate. a first as a first venture. Oh, and my I, last promo is uh, everyone starts smoking weed for no other reason than Carl Donnelly finds it very funny that because I've so had a bit funny. of a, a bit of a, a rough a bit of a rough COVID. I started smoking weed in the, the evening so I could go to sleep, and Carl <laughs> thinks it's so fucking cute. I just I do. It's just funny. I find it funny when people go, "I'm just having a bit. I'm having a bit of weed before bed." I just it makes me laugh. <laughs> it reminds me of my um, uh, you know, sort teenage of between years the, between the years of uh, age eleven and thirteen. <laughs> so you know. Um, do you smoke weed? I feel like you'd be a lovely stoner. I used to a lot. I don't I love a bit. Of it, mate. I used to mm. love it, mate. I mean, don't get Are me you... wrong. It does feel it is nice, but I've, it yeah. was always so far down the league table of uh, narcotics. Oh yeah, it's, for me. It's, yeah, it's it's it just. Yeah. If I had a drug of choice that I could do sensibly, like one joint a week, or I, I do mm. weed, but I can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> tried. Yeah, yeah. we. If we, when oh, we oh, abstinence, yeah, when it comes to drugs, weed is very much what's a really shit football team. They're, I don't oh, know, Fife FC. I don't know, like something that's not even in the like third or fourth, yeah, 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 yeah. division. Sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's like you could just pick, I mean, a non, non you basically a non league team is what you're, what you're, yeah, working like it's with. just a pub team. Yeah, you're going. You're going to see this team just because it's fun. It's not going to help you in yeah, any yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. way. Also, yeah, they're trying to make it in medicine, and then like I went and bought weed yesterday from someone in a lab coat, and I was buying something called Biscotti Gangbang. It's <laughs> 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 like, thank you, doctor. <laughs> That's the thing, because they're literally like, you know what? Like you were mentioning, you have some muscle problems and stuff like that. This will really loosen the muscle, give you ability to react. Now, most people would give you the cupcake motherfucker, but I think you're ready for the Biscotti Bang Bang, and you're like. And we'll reassess your prescription in two weeks. But this is why America is amazing, is America lacks irony and self-awareness. Yeah, so totally. they are just, just that, like, why wouldn't you? Like, there is a Carl's Jr. on the corner from my house, which is a giant burger place. And yeah. they had a banner that says, start your diet soon with a uh -huh. chicken burger. Excellent. With a chicken burger. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Let's get after it. Um, right. This there we I go. I love you all. Let's leave. Yeah, man. As always, good to see you. It'll be good to see you in person very soon. Can't wait, man. I feel like we're going to... I feel like you might end up hungover around your daughter. Oh, definitely. One of those we'll have a little yeah. Christmas party. And then... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll pick up the old tramadols, mate. I think I've got a little secret stash. In, I've got a little go bag hidden under like a floorboard. <laughs> it's got yeah. like 500 quid cash. Box yeah. of tramadols. Three grams of coke. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a fake beard and keys to a house somewhere <laughs> in Chelsea. <laughs> yeah.
Just a one-way yeah. ticket voucher on any airline. Just yeah, get them out of it. Yeah. It has a vaccine for if one of your party ends up contracting HPV <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> yeah. it's just a just a chlamydia shot. Um, right. Um, thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks to John Thank for joining us. Anytime. Thanks, to Julian. Should we thank our patrons? Thanks, patrons. Was <laughs> <Like laughs> that good? Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was suitable. Nice. It was very heartfelt. Um, so everyone, go and check out all John's things, and then, uh, and that's it. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 Oh, oh, I'm